This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Kim, you're going to keep on talking for another hour. You ready for it? I know. You guys tired of me yet? Whew. I'll tell you. <laughs> I tried to. Here's a, here's a Kim secret. I tried to fill up the Mark Thompson show with a lot of guests so that they could all do like all the talking. a lot of John Rothman, like an hour <laughs> of John Rothman? Yeah, I did. But I thought it was an interesting conversation, a back and forth. And we talked a lot about the election at first. And then, I don't know, it just seemed like a good conversation to me. It didn't like have an end point. It never, it's the conversation that never ends. Yeah, if you don't stop him, he'll keep talking just like he uh, would take over Pat Thurston's show. Um, mm. <laughs> have a great, are you having a great afternoon? Uh, yes, I am having a good afternoon. How about you? Not bad. I uh, I see that we have some super stickers, so we want to thank uh, Doug. Did Doug. you see this here? Doug. $10 Doug from Doug. Doug. Thank you, Doug. Doug, thank you. Do you say your last name? You can pronounce. do a pronouncer in the thing. Coke? Is it is it Coke or Koch? Koch? Coke? There's a uh, third option. Which is... No, no, there isn't. <laughs> no, there's not that option. Doug, thank and you for West the super T, sticker. Five dollars from West T. Thank you, Wes. We appreciate I'm going definitely, support. yeah, in Wes, all Wes. Mm. Um, and but Doug, please give me the pronouncer because I don't, I don't know how to say it right. I'm gonna say co- Koch, Koch. Oh, oh, and five dollars from the lady Beatrice. Look at that! What? Woohoo! We're we're on the money today, John Daly. Thank you guys for supporting the after party live as we keep this uh, this show going and get it off the ground. And, you just helped and try pay to make for the work. replacement studio lighting oh, that just came in from China. Look at that! <laughs> you remember my it's... lighting, uh, Koch, Koch, Koch. You remember Koch. the uh, lighting Thank fizzled you, right before Thank the you. show? And thanks uh, for the super sticker. I think about a week ago, and yeah. so uh, you've just helped pay for replacement lighting. So uh, thank you very much. There you go. So that we can <laughs> see John Daly in all his beautiful glory. Um, but Kim's like, aha, third option. Yeah. No, it's Koch. Okay, got it. Doug Koch, you are awesome. And thank you for the super sticker. And thank you for the pronouncer as well. Sometimes I need one. You know, there's all these different options in the way we can uh, go with something. The first thing I wanted to get to, because I was looking at it last night, and Nikki and I talked about it a bit this morning as well. Yeah, I'm sure you were is... looking at it for a very long time. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Uh, and I know, John, that I, I'm dragging you kicking and screaming into this conversation. No, I but... understand our demographics. Um, we have some <laughs> ladies in the audience. So we I think have appreciate the it. people's sexiest man alive. So last night... I was looking for stories for the show, and I saw that People Magazine had put out its preview of six of their sexiest men alive. Okay. This was before they announced the winner. All right. Okay. So let's go through the preview first. We have, hello and good morning. That is uh, Pedro Pascal. And he is, of course, starring, he's all of a sudden started being cast in everything right. he was in the last of us which is a show that is super scary that nikki made me watch about people that have a fungus affliction the last of us he was in the mandalorian of course um how uh, it's been of what and a lot of like li just little videos and things he's super attractive so that's pedro pascal he was a great host of snl he is yeah he's really funny he's number one uh of the preview so that was number one of six. The next one, Timothy Chalamet. He looks like a little boy to me. 
He looks like a kid at my girl's, uh, my daughter's high school. Mm, he's 27, though. He yeah, so said, you're ageist, Kim. He said his, the dream as an artist is to throw whatever the F you want at the wall. He wow. has, uh, he's playing a quirky Willy Wonka in the Willy Wonka origin story. He has um, a role as a haunted Paul Atreides in Dune Part 2. This is Timothy, T-I-M-O-T-H-E-E with an accent. Timothy. Timothy. uh, Timothy Chalamet. He looks like a child. No. I'm not going to He's been an adult for nearly 10 years. He doesn't have the look. No. He looks underage. I don't find that sexy. Nope. Next. Yeah. Well, you don't have to find out all everything. Usher. All right. Usher. He says dad life is everything. Of course, a musical, a music recording artist. He's got eight Grammys. He's got four kids. He said, I'm trying to make certain I stay cool to them. He is going to headline the 2024 Super Bowl halftime show. And that's what Nikki was saying this morning. Oh, good morning. What happened over there? Apologies. That was the Mark Thompson show on YouTube on my phone launching into a commercial. Oh, how funny. Okay, so uh, Usher, uh, Nikki was saying earlier that a lot of these people that you see in the sexiest men alive, yeah, it's it's like an advertising thing where maybe the movie studio or the recording studio they work with, right? Uh, they have a new movie coming out or a new thing coming out, and for like Usher, any yeah, it's all a publicity thing. Um, so he's headlining headlining the twenty twenty four because I was going to say this time. picture in terms yeah. of sexiest man alive. This is a sexiest man alive casual. Very casual. <laughs> Hello. All right. Number four, Jamie Foxx. I can get behind that. He had a health crisis this year. Kind of a scary deal. Took him out for a little while and he had to, he's still recovering from this. He's 55, but apparently he's lost none of his swagger. He said, I went to hell and back and I'm able to work still. Uh, he's had five projects this year. Maybe you're working too hard, my friend. Maybe you need to chill and like do three movies instead of five per year. Turn the sexy down one or two notches. Maybe. Um, he has a voice. His voice is on the live action canine comedy Strays. He starred in Netflix's hit They Cloned Tyrone, um, as well as a few other things that he's doing this year. So, yeah. Mm, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I think if I had like a major health like problem, I would take a year off. Scale back a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five. This picture is awesome. Lenny Kravitz. He has this cool about him. Mm. Yeah. He doesn't Lenny seem to Kravitz. eat any carbs. No, I don't think he does. Lenny Kravitz is 59. That's a 59-year-old man. He is flaunting his physique and his hot and heavy video for his single... TK421. He performed at the Global Citizen Power Our Planet concert and the iHeartRadio Music Awards, but apparently he's also doing a film with his daughter Zoe, or he wants to. He says it would be a lot of fun. So I think that's what he's trying to do. Uh, And number six on the preview list, this is kind of surprising a little bit. It's Jason Kelsey, not Travis Kelsey, the one that Taylor Swift is hot and heavy for, but his brother, Jason, who he is a player in the NFL. He's known for being a really rough and tough on the field, like very strong. He's got a wife and kids. And I think people 
know him from his podcast with his brother. It's called New Heights. I was going to say, and, what, what is this about? Like a jealousy? <laughs> like, no, hey, hey, People Magazine, uh, I'm his brother. Put me in. <laughs> he's just really, really funny. And so when you see him on the podcast, it always like the 60 second short always shows up on my reels on Facebook. And I always stop to watch it because he's very entertaining. So for him, I mean, obviously he has, you know, musculature and he's a big guy and what have you, but he's also funny and smart and and a family guy. So I think that's appealing to a lot of people. Sexiest man alive. I'll, I'll, I'll put him on the list. You bet. Kind of looks like a, like a neighbor in Sonoma County. <laughs> your it's neighbor? Go, is that your neighbor? Like, must, hey, oh, or hey, any dude. neighbor in Sonoma County is going to yeah. go duck hunting this weekend. Um, He does have that look about him. He's a man's man. Yeah. The winner for 2023, though, is actually Dr. McDreamy. Patrick Dempsey wins as the sexiest man alive. And it makes sense. Because he's got a movie coming out. Oh, and why. so I think it's promotion for the upcoming Ferrari biopic, which is coming out in December. Um, but yeah, he said, I never win. I'm always on the list, but I never win. Now I'm getting um, the sense that like the, these uh, awards are paid off, you know, that there's there's yeah. payoffs involved. From, I think <laughs> from they might studios. be. Mm. <laughs> it's a little suspicious. I mean, I don't wanna... Everyone... Everyone who has a new project is on the top six. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't want to take anything away from McDreamy, but he says, I'm just happy they made a decision and that it was me this year. He's, he said when his family found out, they laughed at him saying, they're like, no, seriously, who is it? Really? It can't be you. Who is it? That's funny. He said, I started laughing like this is a joke, right? I'd always been the bridesmaid. I'd completely forgotten about it, never even contemplated being in this position. So he said, my ego is all good. Yeah. Patrick Dempsey is your 2023 sexiest man alive. You How do you feel he's about sexy? that? Uh, he's a good looking guy. I don't know if he's the sexiest man alive. Sorry, yeah, Patrick. I don't, I'm not saying he's a bad looking guy, but I'm sexiest man in, on the planet. Living, anybody living, is the sexiest man alive I mean, living those words are really hard to live up to you know i mean sexiest man alive i'll let the audience uh, decide yeah okay. yeah heather says uh yeah this list needs a redo yeah it does need a heather and i'll be in charge just put us in charge yeah. of it all put heather yeah. in in charge of the uh voting machines well from sexy dudes to animals let's talk about this pony that was found wandering through a neighborhood in Ohio, I guess. Loose, this little pony. What? Yeah, my little pony. Oh, my little yeah. pony. Except it doesn't have like the blue or pink colored hair. Like my a little pony. small little white pony turned up in town. It was in Parma, Ohio. And the police department said he was found wandering loose in a neighborhood. And that officer Jeffrey Romano was able to use his leash skills to catch this little pony. Uh, and then an animal control officer was able to find the little pony's home. They had to inform the pony's owner Monday she has 30 days to relocate him outside the city. So I guess he wasn't in a place where you're supposed to have horses living. Um, and so she has to remove him from the city of, of Parma, which is a bummer because he's cute. So. Yeah, and look, I like how uh, he looks like he's not as tall as the wolf from our diagram yesterday. A, it really Maybe does not. look like a little like a little a, pony like a little mini pony yeah from ponies to kangaroos let's uh hop on over to poland i because see it when through you the think, window there there's far back there looks like a yeah, kangaroo when you think, out there think, when you think kangaroos you think poland right no 
Animal rescuers in Poland said that they are on the hunt for a kangaroo on the loose in the northern part of the country. And in the process, they learned about a second marsupial on the lamb. Animal protection group, not going to pronounce that, uh, said the kangaroo has been on the loose since escaping from a property in the not going to pronounce that district name about two weeks ago. A representative for the group said local residents are being asked to keep their porch lights on at night in the hopes of luring the kangaroo into a confined area. The group said it learned of the loose uh, kangaroo shortly after the capture of another kangaroo 18 miles away. Where did they come from? Are they from the zoo? That's a good question. Uh, The representative said while searching for the currently on the loose roo, group members received a call about that another that others uh, loose uh, uh, kangaroo in the southern in southern Poland. So the group emphasized that kangaroos are wild animals and not appropriate pets for most homeowners. They're not specifying where it came from, but it sounds like somebody snuck, snuck these into the country. Yeah, I don't think they're they're native to Poland, are they? No, no, no. They're from Australia. Good day, oh, mate. Yeah. Who's jumping? Who's although, dropping all the kangaroos in Poland? Although when I travel uh, Europe, my I joke with my Australian friend that there is an Australian in every hostel in the world at all times. So they're yeah. kind of like agents of Australia. They <laughs> and and every Australian I've met has said that you know when they go on vacation, they they travel for a long period of time because it's so expensive to like you yeah. know leave Australia and go to the right. other parts so of the they world. Just so they travel like for a, like a month. A big or tour. Some of them yeah. like when they're younger, three months. Yeah. Yeah. Or a year. Well, let's go to this story about a deer that leapt into a truck bed right as a new buyer was showing up to consider purchasing this vehicle. This was all caught on surveillance camera. This buck goes flying through the air, lands right in the back of a 2007 Chevy Silverado uh, in New Jersey, right outside this man's home, right on the driveway. Uh, The man was trying to sell the truck, and the impressive leap apparently happened right at the same moment that the driver uh, drove up to check out the the car. Uh, The man said he still sold the truck, but for $1,000 less because the deer dented the side of it. Do we have the video? Yeah, the video is so good. It actually loops, so we're going to see it a few times, and uh, you can let me know when you're done done with it. (laughs) Check this out. Here he comes. Bam. Oh, oh. Nice recovery, though, on part of the deer. That's crazy. Whoa. I mean, it kind of <laughs> looks like a hard landing, like it hurt. And then he still managed to hop right out. Let's do it oh, one more my time. God. Yeah. And yeah. graceful hop out of the uh, Yeah. Of the truck. Dented the side of that truck. But that video is crazy. Yeah. I once cool, had though. a deer leap straight out like right in front of my car almost and it leapt from bushes and i never saw it coming was it luckily no it was in the middle of the day i was driving my freeze? daughter out to horseback riding lessons no it just sprang across just like that sprang okay. but it didn't with stop. springs on its feet landed in front of my car boom jumped again because usually if they're in the middle of the road especially at night and they get caught off guard and they see it they just freeze yeah no this was like... a different situation for that yeah um, uh let's go to this ne- the story about uh u.s service members and their data i don't know is it safe no um apparently u.s data service members uh data that belongs to u.s service members or you know concerning u.s service members has been for sale and it's there's lots of it active like duty on the members internet of, wow yeah. i mean all our data is for sale really but active yeah. duty members of the u.s military are vulnerable to having their personal information collected packaged and sold to overseas companies without any vetting According to a new report funded by the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, the report highlights a significant American security risk, according to uh, military officials. 
lawmakers and experts who conducted the research and who say the data available on service members exposes them to blackmail, right? That's a concern mm -hmm. based on their jobs and habits. It also casts a spotlight on the practices of data brokers, you know, the ones who are selling our data as we speak. Uh, a set of firms that specialize in scraping and packaging people's digital records together, such as health conditions and credit, uh, credit ratings. It's really a case of being able to target people based on specific vulnerabilities, according to Major Jessica Dawson, a research scientist at the Army Cyber Institute. Did you know there's an Army Cyber Institute? Mm, no, sounds, but it, it's interesting. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Hmm. Uh, data brokers gather government files, publicly available information, and financial records into packages that they can sell to marketers and others others that are interested as the practice has grown into a get this 214 billion dollar industry wow and all they're doing is repackaging your data that's, that's already crazy. that already exists it's raised privacy concerns and comes under scrutiny from lawmakers and uh, they're also worried that it presents a risk to national security of course so this what a total is a uh, racket yeah yeah this is bad they post as buyers in the US and Singapore so duke researchers contacted multiple data broker firms who listed data sets about active duty service members for sale. Three agreed and sold data sets to the researchers while two declined, saying that the requests came from companies that did not meet their verification standards. Mm. Oh, so some of them have standards. That's that's comforting. Mm. Processes, um, protocols, and standards. Yeah, so it's not just it's not just uh, civilians yeah. that have to deal with this, and now they're going after military, members of the military. And um, it looks like um, there are there is a bill that's being proposed, uh, the American Data Privacy and Protection Act, which included a provision that would also prevent companies from sharing personal data without direct consent. The bill would have created a data broker registry that allowed people to opt out. The co-sponsors of the bill, House Energy and Commerce uh, Committee Chair Kathy Mc McMorris Rogers of Washington State, a Republican, and ranking member Frank Pallone, a Democrat from New Jersey, have both reviewed the Duke report and raised concerns about the data broker industry. Uh, these findings are yet another terrible example of the harms posed by the broker industry. So um, it doesn't look like this is moved at all in terms of uh, legislation, but it, hopefully it will become a law to crack down. A on couple this. texts about the deer story. Gordon says that was a huge leap. And I love Heather writes, that's what I look like when I see a spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I look like when I see a spider, too. Uh, that deer had a red nose. It's pretty funny. Okay. Um, more I, uh, more gorgeous uh, and interesting uh, uh, yes. images. Look at this. I love a story about space. Wow. Not a deer, but the... it kind of looks like a creature. Mm, these are the first images from the Dark Universe mission from the Euclid Telescope. It's beamed back its first images in a mission that promises what they say to lift a veil on the dark universe. The Euro European Space Agency mission is focused on dark matter and dark energy, which together make up 95% of the universe, but their nature is almost entirely mysterious. So they're studying uh, stranger things? Yeah, that's pretty much it. The first images show the Perseus galaxy cluster and the Horsehead Nebula in dazzling detail. They capture about a thousand galaxies in a single snapshot. Would you look at that? Wow. They showcase the telescope's unmatched ability to make razor-sharp observations across a vast expanse of space. This telescope, which can detect galaxies out to 10 billion light-years, is aiming to create the largest cosmic 3D map 
ever made, which they hope will allow astronomers to infer the large-scale distribution of dark matter and reveal the influence of dark energy. Sounds sinister. In the early universe, dark matter pervades the universe and acts as cosmic glue that holds galaxies together, while dark energy is the name given to an enigmatic force that is thought to be accelerating the expansion of the universe. Calvin says, I see a dragon in the middle, not a horse. Okay. It's kind of like one of those cloud shapes, right? Where you kind of see what you want to see in it. Yeah, Square is saying um, Loch Ness Nebula. Yeah, Loch Ness. Uh Uh-huh. Or like a (laughs) duck-billed platypus up at the top. They say, as humans, we've managed to figure out how 5% of the universe works. And we figured out that there's another 95% that remains completely unknown to us. We can't travel out to the edge of the universe to investigate, but we're bringing those images back to Earth and studying them on computers. And for only 1.4 billion pounds, I think it's magical. Wow, that's that's a steal. Euclid is supposed to, over the next six years, observe about 8 billion galaxies using infrared and visible light across 36% of the night sky. So we'll be seeing more more pictures from Euclid, and those were stunning. Pretty cool. Uh, we're not yeah. done with space news. Another mm-hmm. telescope story. Telescopes have spotted the oldest and most distant distant black hole formed under the uh, after the Big Bang. So oh. this, check this out. Um Two powerful NASA telescopes have detected these oldest, the oldest and most distant black hole ever found. Data captured via energetic X-rays by the Chandra X-ray Observatory and the James Webb Space Telescope have astronomers spotting the signature of a growing black hole within the early universe just 470 million years ago um, mm-hmm. after the Big Bang, which occurred 13.8 billion years ago. Uh, the discovery described in a study published Monday... You know, the study people, they never stop working. Mm -hmm. In the Journal of Nature, astronomy may help astronomers piece together how some of the first supermassive black holes formed in the cosmos. They say they they needed Webb to find this remarkably distant distant galaxy and Chandra to uh, find its supermassive black hole. Uh, This is according to the lead uh, study author. We took advantage of a cosmic magnifying glass that boosted the amount of light that was detected. Um, he, they are referring to an effect called gravitational lensing, which occurs when closer objects, in the case of a galactic cluster, act like a magnifying glass for distant objects. I didn't even know that was a thing. Hmm. Gravity essentially warps and amplifies the light of distant galaxies in the background of whatever is doing the magnifying, enabling observations of otherwise invisible celestial features. So the cool. telescope uses gravity? That's interesting. No, they're saying that they take advantage of the fact that there was something in between us right. and and what we're looking at and so uh mm. when you have another object that uh, modifies the grav gravitational the gravitation mm-hmm. or the gravity rather <laughs> then mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes like a de facto lens right so the, the cluster of objects becomes like a magnifying glass in oh, between cool. us and uh and the object that they're looking at Pretty why cool. does the black hole look purple uh, I think that's just the imaging, you know, those are the colors that they're they're using. Hmm, interesting. So Because black on black wouldn't look very good. Right? Well, in an, another story about mapping, and this time mapping the seafloor, we're going back to our animal friends. I adore this picture. They're putting these cute little hats oh, they're on laughing the seals. Too. His friends are cracking up like, you look like a total idiot. Yeah. They're putting this 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 little camera hat 
on the, the seals or sea lions so they can dive down and uh, animals like elephant seals will do it naturally and then dive down and help map the, the floor, the sea floor. It's being done via the Australian Center for Excellence in uh, Antarctic Science. They published this report in which the seal divers wearing these satellite paired glue-on trackers. I like revealed... how they call them seal divers, like they signed up for this. Yeah, seal, they're seal, seal divers. Nope, the pay is very low. Uh, but the glue-on trackers, they reveal the bottom of the sea in some areas is deeper than what's currently on stated maps. The seals also help uncover hidden underwater canyons in Antarctica seas, then confirmed with other tools. So it's the sea lions that have helped us figure out what's down there. They have to glue it on their head, though, so it stays on. Apparently, this is just one of the projects our sea lion friends are involved in. They call them a blubbery flippered research assistants. The tracker-adorned seals are part of a 20-year project to understand the grooves and the depths of the East Antarctic continental shelf and the seafloor below it. And turning these seals into free-roaming sensors is helping fill gaps in data related to some of the most hard-to-get parts of the Antarctic Ocean. They say the seals are, quote, tweeting small packets of information that they have collected to a satellite every time they come to the surface. And the seals might know all the secret spots that humans never ventured to before. So they put still... a radio on their head right next to their brain. Yep. That's not very nice. I know. I know. I mean, we can laugh at it and make fun of it, you know, because it's kind of a funny picture. But yeah, I know. What are the what are the ramifications to the animals? I don't know. And should one we seal's use like, hey, you have a funny hat? <laughs> I know. <laughs> should we use animals for our own benefit like that when they really have no say so in the matter? Hmm. Yeah. But the science, according to these researchers, is happening for an important reason: that getting a more accurate picture of the labyrinthic world underneath the Antarctic ice is key to making predictions about how and how fast melting happens because of climate change. The SEAL's not the only tool scientists are deploying. They're also using submersible robots like Bodie McBoatface and Icefin uh, on a similar mission as well. So they yeah, say that says, method is yielding like results. I don't know. You don't like it? Oh, Doug, Doug doesn't says, like it. I don't it. like it. It seems like cruelty to animals, yeah. but I don't know. And uh, Chris is saying SEAL Team 7. <laughs> Lori is saying making them slaves. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like, I don't want to be don't overly sensitive, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, this doesn't seem really cool. It doesn't quite feel right to put that on them. And maybe it's uncomfortable for them. And like you said, you know, maybe it, having that so close to their brain isn't putting good. A radio, would you want a radio transmitter right on top of your brain? I wouldn't. No. But I guess I seal lives yeah, don't. Calvin's saying what I was thinking. Matter. Asking. Paid, uh, off paid, with paid with lots of fish. I hope they're getting a lot of fish. I mean, and it has to be traumatic for them to be captured and have this thing, you know, what are they captured, probably knocked out, right, with medicine, and yeah. then have this thing affixed to their head, because they're not going to do that willingly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't, I like the research. I don't like the methods here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who have been captured and contained for a long time, um, <laughs> we have King Charles, and he is saying that smoking will be banned in a plan to stop next generation buying uh, cigarettes. Um, wow. And this was, um, he explained this during the King's speech. Uh, the U UK intends to ban smoking altogether, he said during the opening of British Parliament on Tuesday. 
um, during what's known as the King's Speech, the ceremonial beginning of the legislative year, the monarch confirmed that the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak will mount a historic crackdown on cigarettes. The planned mm -hmm. legislation will raise the legal age of buying cigarettes every year until there are no smokers left. Quote, we must tackle the single biggest entirely preventable cause of health, disability, um, illness and death. The prime minister has previously said, and that is mm -hmm. smoking and our country smoking causes one in four cancer deaths. And, you know, I spent four weeks there earlier this year and they do smoke a lot. Really? There's uh, a lot of smoking and a lot of drinking. I thought we drank a lot. Oh my God. I found People the same thing when I was right. in Europe. There's a lot more smokers there. And yeah. I, I mean, there there will be some people that'll say, oh, nanny government, if we want to smoke, let us smoke. It's our business. But I think if you can help save lives and if you can phase out smoking, that's a good thing. Yeah, the new plan means that a 14-year-old uh, today will never legally be sold a cigarette. Thank God. Um, I, I think it's time to do that here. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's gross. And then you're walking in front of somebody when you're on a sidewalk, you really, there's no way to dodge them. And mm -mm. it's like having a smokestack right in no, front of you. I it's remember gross. having to push my baby stroller past smokers on the sidewalk. And it's like, I'm running past. Remember so the my... non-smoking section mm. of restaurants? It was so silly. Cause like on the other side of the, of the half wall, there's yeah, somebody the smoking wall. up a storm. Yeah. I, I, no, I went on a road trip across the country, uh, actually to Texas and, uh, on my way there, stopped in Nevada and, I don't know if it's still legal. I, and it's, I think it's legal in casinos. I don't. I don't know if it's still legal in restaurants there. But they had the smoking section. I'm like, oh, this brings me back to like the 80s mm -hmm. in California. <laughs> it was like God. so gross. And like smoking whole, in bars too. Like you couldn't. Well, the whole go, restaurant still, just smells like smoke. Gross. It's yeah. the smoke doesn't stop at the halfway point. It's just, no. it's just silly. Um. Well, this whole next story is about the way to get people to stop doing things and maybe the way to get people to stop doing things is a phase out like what you're talking with cigarettes but this one has to do with people eating meat so how do we convince people like you and me to stop shoving meat in their face and the thought <laughs> is that maybe <laughs> i know what you're thinking your mind went straight to the gutter what uh, <laughs> yes it did i know yes. it <laughs> Gra there, a graphic warning label might convince people to eat less meat. If a warning that says you could get cancer from smoking cigarettes doesn't stop people from smoking, yeah. I don't know what this graphic label has, but the example has like a burned out forest uh, that looks like it's been clear cut. And it says, warning, eating meat contributes to climate change, UN Food and Agricultural Organization, uh, 2020. And so if you saw maybe a picture of what you were doing or helping do to contribute to the downfall of the world, the climate, you know, what, what have you, maybe you would be more likely or more inclined to say, you know what, the hot dog isn't worth it, the steak isn't worth it. Um, yeah, so there's what it looks like, the UN Food and Agricultural Organization sticker. And you see, like you can see that's what they're telling you that you're doing to the planet by eating the meat. Would that make you change your ways? I think most adults would probably scoff at that and say that it's, you know, exaggeration. It might have an impact on children, I think, the newer generation from like mm -hmm. Gen Z and on. Well, the 
The older generation is just going to be like, oh, I love my bacon candy. I love my, I love my, my pork and beans. The question, though, is how to steer consumers toward healthier, more sustainable plant-based foods. So they're thinking warning labels, kind of like the ones found on cigarette packages, might be a way to raise awareness about the negative impacts of meat and sway consumer choices. But it's all experimental, and I don't see meat manufacturers slapping the global If you really want to convince people not front. to eat, then you should show uh, the inside of a factory farm where they're, like, skinning the uh, cow. Uh, uh, if you that. really want to change people's mm. opinions, you have to have something graphic and disturbing like that. Otherwise, yeah. this, this just kind of looks, I don't know, it just looks kind of exaggerated to me. Well, apparently they did some studies, and they say they're that each studies. warning the study people... They say they did this study and that um, the team found each warning label type reduced the subject's or person's desire to eat meat by 9% with health labels, 7% with climate labels, and 10% with pandemic labels. They also viewed the climate label as the most credible of the three, the pandemic label as the least, but potentially had a stronger emotional response to the pandemic label. So, yeah, uh, Wes says... Saying... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Wes says they do that on uh, cigarette packs, cigarettes, uh, packs yeah. in Germany, pictures of lung cancer dissections and such. That's effective, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't going to look at, at, you know, a lady with a trach in her neck or... or yeah, it's going to have to be generational yeah. change. And I think yeah. through public education, I think that's the best way. It's going to be, it's going to have to be a combination of that general, generational change in education yeah. at an early age, plus alternatives that taste good. So if you can find like something that can replace the protein in chicken, I think a lot of people out there, myself included, are okay just eating chicken and not having right. like beef, red meat. If you can right. find something that is closer to chicken that is a tasty protein source yeah. and get people used to it um, and it's healthy and not, you know, full of too many chemicals, <laughs> then I think you can convince people, yeah. you know. It is time for a break on the After Party Live. Yeah, it is. Next, though, we're going to explore whether or not Prince Harry is a hypocrite. And I might have found a new job. All right? It's is it a possibility. In, is it in the most expensive zip code in the nation? It might be in the so most expensive zip code. Well, I would have to follow this person wherever they went. And they, they run in some pretty highfalutin circles. So we'll be right back on the After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Gets old. A I don't huge... think I can change that. I have a bunch of them I can rotate no. through, but that's the best one. It's the I best one. For now. A huge big mahalo and aloha to the ongoing contributors of the After Party Live. That would be Gretchen L and Susan D. Thank you both so, so much. And also Doug Koch. Huge thank you for your $10 super sticker. Wes for five and Lady Beatrice for five. You are all so appreciated. Thank you for spending your time with us and kicking us a few bucks here. Yeah, I wake up in the, the morning and mm -hmm. I, I check my email and then it says, hey, a contribution came through from Gretchen. Oh, a contribution came through from Susan. Thank you so much. Nice. You guys are awesome. All right. Uh, this story about Prince Harry, you, you say he may be branded a hypocrite, not Prince Harry. 
Oh no, I really, Satan. I so like you mean Prince Harry? Do you? Yeah. He's, he's the guy who like always says that they don't want any attention. Him and, and then he and goes Megan, for attention. And then they and they he's, do stupid things. He's really handsome though with his red hair. He's cute. Okay. Um, Prince Harry's branded a hypocrite after flying on a fuel-guzzling private jet owned by, of course, an oil heir to Uh-oh. attend that Katy Perry gig. I don't know if you saw that That's story. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. He flew to Vegas with his wife and a bunch of friends like Cameron Diaz, her rocker husband, Benji Madden, and actress Zoe Sal- uh, Saldana. Saldana? Mm-hmm. Saldana. Saldana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saldana. Saldana film. Um, so <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Royal blah, 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 blah. Angela Levin told the this is the son. Uh, he set up this travelist charity, right, which was all about not using private planes, and he's still their patron. So this royal expert is saying that he should get the sack from that organization. Hours later, Harry's brother William flew to Singapore on a commercial British Airlines flight. Miss Levin said of the Sussex- Sussexes, "They think they've gotten so grand." They wouldn't dream of taking a normal flight. They have all these rich friends that pay for it. It's worse than do as I say, not as I do, because he's a patron of a charity, right? That's pushing for mm-hmm. people not to take private planes. William has welcomed was welcomed hugely in Singapore, which must have annoyed Harry and Meghan. Uh, this sort of behavior is exactly why we call them eco-hypocrites. Harry launched this travelist charity in 2019 as a bold global initiative with the ambition to change the impact of travel for good. Um, last year, he warned the UN that climate change was re- uh, wreaking havoc on the planet and that our world is on fire. I can see how, it, you know, he's being a hypocrite here. The 2009 yeah. Gulfstream jet took the Las Vegas, uh, took to that they took to Las Vegas is co-owned by oil heir Michael Hurd. That's also not a good look. Whose Texan <laughs> tycoon granddad Bob died in 2019. It gets it. Get this. It admits wow. around two tons of CO2 every hour. Two tons wow. every hour compared to the average person producing 8.2 tons per year, hmm. right? Um, Heard in his billionaire wife, Whitney Wolf, uh, chief executive and founder of dating app Bumble, have recently grown close to the Sussexes in their California home of Montecito. I'm just getting sick and tired of, of, of them, Harry and Meghan. Oh. It's like, we don't want any attention. And then they're constantly mm-hmm. doing things to get attention. We're doing stupid I things to get them attention. I still like Harry. I think he's cute. Because no, um, you're yeah. being superficial. Got it. Yeah, I am. I am. I believe in it. I have no problem with that. It's absolutely <laughs> true. You are 100% right on the money. Okay. I found this job. Unfortunately, it was already filled. I, I wouldn't apply for it anyway. But it's it's a surprise to me that in our industry, you could get a job as a reporter only focusing on one person. And it's not the president. A Taylor Swift reporter has been hired at Gannett after this viral oh, job listing. Christ. There he is. Byron uh, Brian West is the lucky journalist selected. He is uh, the Tennessean and USA Today Network's new Taylor Swift reporter. Now, there was a, where was it? It was the, um, it was at, oh, I know. It was at the either the Grammys or the Oscars. And there was a camera that was one camera that was solely dedicated to Taylor Swift, never left her. During the entire show, it was on Taylor Swift so that they could gauge her reaction to everything and go to her. Now you've got a Taylor Swift reporter. This woman is under incredible scrutiny. I mean, on one hand, you could say, well, she wanted this much fame and fortune. This is, uh, you know, what is what success looks like for her. 
But I can't imagine having the kind of life where you go to an award show and the camera is 100% of the time on you. Where there are news organizations, national news organizations like USA Today, that have dedicated reporters just to report on you. And they're looking for the good. And they're looking for the bad. And they're looking for everything because Taylor Swift gets clicks and views and people are interested in all the Taylor Swift news they can consume. Many people. And so that's what you have. Uh, he said, Brian West, the new Taylor Swift reporter, admittedly, I'm a Swifty. Uh, and I guess that's good. Um, but I don't know, because you don't want someone who loves Taylor Swift. Sounds like he's her designated stalker. Yeah. I don't know if you want someone who is a Swifty, because then are they going to cover the negative stories as much as they're going to cover the positive stories. And can you, if you're a self-admitted Swifty, can you be more neutral in this case? Um, he listed 13 reasons why he's perfect for this job. It's so interesting. Um, I guess she's uh, connected to the number 13 in a bunch of different ways as well. He yeah, said this... he's a multi-platform journalist. Uh, he's a licensed drone pilot. So good. He can surveil oh, her great. that way as well. He, so he uh, really is annoying. Highlight, uh, highlighted his track record for predicting her album announcements. He is one of 100 accounts on the official Eras Tour Instagram that the official uh, tour follows. He said he met her once during her 2018 tour. He said, our ears touched at a meet and greet. And I thought for a second... I could Our be straight. Touched? <laughs> he said, I could be straight. No, apparently he's gay. Um, Our ears touched? That Maybe they hugged and their ears touched or something. I don't know. Yeah, as somebody yeah. with large ears, like, yeah, nobody's getting that close. Jesus Christ, this is creepy. He, apparently he had a problem with addiction. He's been sober since 2018. And during the time he got sober, uncovered a deeper affinity for Swift's music during recovery after struggles with depression and alcohol addiction uh, that he is very open about because he wants to inspire other people to overcome things. Sounds like he found a new addiction. What does he have to do? As a Taylor Swift reporter, well, he has to look at her influence on music, on business, on social issues, chronicle her latest news from her tour stops, her album releases, and all the Easter eggs that she drops along the way. He says, I think this job is to highlight her global societal impact. She keeps breaking her own records. It didn't say how much you get paid to be the Taylor Swift reporter. I'll tell you, if I got this job as the Taylor Swift reporter, my daughter would think I was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but I couldn't. That'd be so boring, like only focusing. Part of the reason I've always loved news is because every day is always different. Every story is always something new and interesting. And um, I don't know, if I had to cover the same person yeah. doing the same thing day out of day out of day after day, I think I would go. That's bonkers. why I liked producing talk shows because I literally yeah. did not know what we were going to do every day. He starts mm -hmm. from scratch. And I don't like long-term projects. It was like the perfect job for somebody who just wants to like start over and do something different the next day, you know? Yeah. I know a lot something. of people in our uh, chat are tired of the Taylor Swift news. I can hear Lori in my head now. I'm sure she popped in with something. Um, but yeah, I, 
people want it. There's an appetite for Taylor Swift news. I don't know why. Maybe I think it's the comments she's... are more about um, this guy seems creepy. Oh, does he? Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's gonna have to deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with Taylor Swift. The guy is a uh, professional sycophant. Uh, Calvin wants us to do a background background check on him. Yeah. A grown ass man is a Swifty. Creepy. Oh, a lot of people are Swifties. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting that they ha have hired a dedicated reporter for that, though. I think the term, um, this is the term that uh, applies to Taylor Swift, overexposure. Oh, and that's the thing is that can that last long term or can that only last for a certain period of time? Maybe it's good she's making so much money because that flame, that star may die out quickly. I think you, she'll have to go know. away at some point and then she can recreate or what do they call it when they resurface, come back. Yeah, they uh, yeah. redo their career. They uh, mm -hmm. they bring it. They you know um, morph it into something new, reinvent oh, themselves. Is what the she's term hot I was looking right for. now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of somebody who was hot for some reason, I never got it, um, and uh, I find him very like, vomit inducing. I loved him. I love uh, carpool he's... karaoke. Did you ever see the musical in the street in the in the crosswalk crosswalk musical theater? Yeah, but was it he's called? so pompous and he's so rude yeah. to people in real life. And he's, he's just, I hate, I'm not a violent person, but my sister and I both agreed when he took, and maybe it's because I liked Craig Ferguson who he replaced. Yeah, he's um, really funny. Well, Craig retired, but um, yeah. he, we both, we both said that he has a very punchable, punchable face. He's just very smart. Really? He's very arrogant. He's not funny. Anyway, that's my bias out there, laid out there. But uh. James Corden, who recently left an eight-year gig interviewing celebrities, as host of the Late Late Show, will be chatting with stars again on an upcoming Sirius XM podcast. He also stole the format of um, of his talk show from who's the British guy, uh, uh, Norton. Oh uh, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Graham Norton. He stole yeah. Graham Norton's like uh, show. Basically, he just brought out all the celebrities at the same time. And he's always just like he was such an ass kisser. It just it was very hard to stomach for me. I know that you like the musical aspects and you you come from a well, theater household, in but his like defense his... about that, Johnny Carson used to have all the celebrities sitting on the couch at the same time too. Uh well, I mean in the modern times, like yeah. the, the, he yeah. basically he's British. He ripped off his fellow Brits show, like mm. the format, and he did the exact well, same kind of thing where he he would talk to them like in their in their dressing room and whatnot. But maybe that's because the previous show yeah. was not about kissing the butt of celebrities and being so superficial. Um, but The Life of Mine uh, with James Corden will launch in early 2024. And after that whole story of how he treated people at restaurants and servers, yeah. um, you know, I come from service industry. I already didn't like him. I found mm -hmm. him nauseating. So... Um, really? Yeah, you can mark me down. It surprises like me. Not, I like his personality. I it always loved him in funny. carpool karaoke. Sorry. It was kind of funny. He's I guess got that's entertaining, voice. but he's a total phony. Yeah. When you hear these mm. stories over and over again, how he's rude to people and he's uh, demeaning to his staff. Now it's mm. all fake. Well, Bob my BS Newhart. detector went off long ago. <laughs> that's how I really feel. Well, it's interesting because in my experience, usually when the John Daly BS detector is is buzzing, yeah. And mine isn't. You're usually right about that person. Well, I've worked for a lot you, of public-facing yeah. people, and you have to remember mm -hmm. that what you're seeing one aspect of people. Think yeah. Ellen, right? You're seeing the packaged yeah. version of those people, and yeah. I just you know it's you know I'm always Taylor like Swift seeing the best in everybody, people. and la la it's la. Not, John's like, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> but in terms of taste, you know, Taylor Swift is for some people, not for me. I can accept yeah. that. I'm not saying that she's a bad artist. She's a good artist. Right. It's just repetitive music. And right. I heard another one on the radio last night. It's like, why, you know, complaining about relationships with men. And it's like, after a while, it's like, dude, we get it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> like, not for me. 
Um, this next story is about uh, somebody who is very likable, Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart says his elf role outranks by far any other character that he has ever played. He has nothing but enthusiasm and fond memories of playing Papa Elf to Will Ferrell's uh, buddy in the movie Elf. Absolutely. Without question, he said, the part of Papa Elf outranks by far any role I may have ever played. Bob Newhart is 94, so looking back Whoa. on his life, he's sharing an email, uh, an interview with CNN uh, for the occasion of the, uh, the I don't know what the occasion was. Oh, uh, the movie Elf turned 20 years old on Tuesday. Can you believe what? Elf is 20 years old? Mm. So they interviewed 94-year-old Bob Newhart. He said, um, yeah, Elf, is, Elf was it. It was the one. And he's been on a lot of things. TV series, sitcoms, the Bob Newhart show, Newhart. He said he knew Elf was going to enter the pantheon of timeless and beloved holiday classics from the minute he read that script. The minute he goes, my agent sent me the script. I fell in love with it. He goes, I told my wife, this is going to be another miracle on 34th Street where people watch it every year. He is so right. We watch it every year. Do you? Uh, not every year. I mean, is it on mm. TV? Is it like on a like a uh, cable channel? We have it while well, we stream it. We, it's always available. And I think we have the video of it, too. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, the comparison of they say Elf as among a few Christmas movies, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, uh, Scrooged, uh, that one's not on my list. Uh, he said it was a lot of fun to make this movie, that while shooting, we would always crack each other up, uh, that he and Will Ferrell very seldom made eye contact on the set because of the filming techniques the filmmakers used to make Will Ferrell look huge and Bob Newhart look elf-sized. It was a Darby O'Gill technique of forced perspective, which has been also used in movies like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So you have to put the actors far apart to make one look bigger uh, and angled in front of the camera to make the other look small, but also close together. So they look close together, but they're really not. For Newhart, Elf, he said, stands in a class by itself. In my opinion, he said, there has not been anything like it in the interim. People wanted to believe in it. People needed that charming, wonderful thing about the Christmas spirit and its way of powering the sleigh. So, it's quite nice. I love uh, that movie. Check this out. We, uh, we teased this. The Bay Area Enclave named the nation's most expensive zip code for the seventh year straight. Do you remember mm -hmm. what it is? Atherton. Atherton. That's right. <laughs> the Bay Area claimed 37 of the top 100 most expensive zip codes in the country, with one local town taking the number one spot for the seventh year in a row, according to a recent uh, release report by Property Shark. Atherton's Atherton. 94027 zip code is once again the most expensive place in the country to buy a home. That's where they have the concierge uh, police service, right? In That's case right, you have a Batman. You have a Batmobile that hasn't been <laughs> delivered on time and you need to speak with a manager. Uh, with a median home price of, uh, can you guess the uh, ballpark median price? Mm, the median price of a home in Atherton? Atherton. Uh, God. I'm going to say 11.2 million. A little high, 8.3 million. Oh, okay. But it's on, been on top of the list since 2017. California tends to dominate these reports, of course. This year was no different. Golden State claimed 79 of the top 100 and 7 of the top 10. Atherton, number 1. Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. number 4. Beverly Hills, number 5. Beverly Hills. 
Uh, Stinson Beach at number four. Uh-huh. Newport Beach at number seven. Santa Monica, number eight. Rancho Santa Fe at number 10. Uh, while that's huh. the same number of top 10 spots that California snagged last year, the state had 11 fewer overall zip codes uh, than the uh, list from 2022. Uh, the Bay Area remains the most expensive metropolitan area in the country, uh, but the region was down nine zip codes from last year's 46. Uh, 16 of those zip codes were in Santa Clara County, while eight were in mm-hmm. San Mateo, six in uh, Marin, four in Contra Costa, and three in San Francisco. No Alameda County communities made the list. Mm-hmm. So, no. Sorry, Alameda. Uh, but that's pretty impressive that yeah. um, we have that many zip codes and that we're the number one metropolitan area. Interesting. Interesting. I love how the picture is taken from behind the gates, as if we're just the riffraff looking in through the gates, uh, the nice iron try. gate. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, you have to press the button and talk to Jeeves to get in. I don't know what story you want me to do next. Oh, I'm that's lost. Okay. I got a Are little you lost. lost. Yeah. Okay, then let me let me help you. Out. I'm gonna do my uh, marijuana story. Okay, okay. Although okay. I'm gonna be careful. I meant not to say uh, weed. Uh, weed. We have a picture weed. of weed, right? Little bitty bit of weed. A picture that we can show. This is a picture yeah. of weed that we could show. Yeah. Um, the sticky icky uses. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid getting demonetized. Yeah. Use uh, raises risk of heart attack according and uh, heart failure and stroke according to a study. Uh, older adults who don't smoke tobacco but do use weed were at higher risk of both heart attack and stroke when hospitalized, while people who use marijuana... Oh, I just did it. Weed. Daily <laughs> were 34% Ding! more likely... We're demonetized. I don't know why I'm even trying. Uh, we're 34% more likely to develop heart failure, according to two new non-published studies presented Monday mm. at the AHAS sessions in Philadelphia. Observational mm. data are strongly pointing to the fact that cannabis use... I'm, I'm just going to say... Uh, Mm -hmm. at any point in time, be it recreational or medicinal, may lead to the development of cardiovascular disease. Uh, The the AHA recommendations advise people refrain from smoking or vaping any substance, including cannabis, because of the potential harm to the heart, lungs, and blood vessels. The latest research uh, about cannabis uh, use indicates that smoking and inhaling cannabis increases concentrations of um, blood carboxylhemoglobin, carbon monoxide, Uh, it's basically yeah. carbon monoxide, a poisonous gas, tar, uh, partly burned combustible matter, similar to the effects mm. of inhaling tobacco, both of which have been linked to heart disease um, in um, you know, the muscles surprise. of the heart. I thought it was much better for your body to smoke MJ than than uh, I think in terms of like cigarettes can- or I think in terms of cancer tobacco. Oh. Like in terms of like lung cancer, they they don't right. see a link there, but it or looks heart like disease. This yeah. is, and I think it has to do huh. with the fact that now that we have medicinal marijuana, more older adults are imbibing. So this is becoming a growing growing problem with older adults. Yeah. Um, they say here that use is on the rise among older adults. The 2020 study found that the number of American seniors over 65 who now smoke marijuana or use edibles increased twofold between 2015 and 2018. A 2023 mm-hmm. study found. Pat, uh, found past month binge drinking and marijuana use among the over 65 crowd rose by 450 percent between 2015 and 2019. Nearly mm-hmm. three out of every 10 marijuana users develops a dependence on weed called a cannabis use disorder. And a person is considered dependent uh, when they feel food cravings or lack of appetite. Um, well, that's one extreme to the other. <laughs> Either you have the munchies or you don't. Uh, irritability, restlessness, and uh, mood or sleep dis- difficulties after quitting. Okay, this is after quitting. Marijuana use becomes an addiction when a person is unable to quit using weed, even though it interferes with many aspects of life. So 
I think we have one more picture of a uh, weed uh, here. Oh, that's there, a dandelion. We yeah, there's yeah. a weed. Um, I learned my lesson. We can't put any photos of marijuana on the screen. Do we have time for one more? Uh, one more? We always have time. Okay. Because we I have five found minutes this, to go. I found the story about this man. Speaking of vaping, he's a vapor. Mm-hmm. He got the flu and he got really, really sick. And his doctors got really creative. They thought his lung function was gone. They had taken an x-ray and it was all blocked. They thought he was a goner. He's young too, this man. Uh, He, 34 years old, his name is Davey Bauer. He was in good health for years. He was at a, did a physical job in landscaping, a snowboarder, skateboarder, but a vapor. He vaped for about 10 years. He said it seemed like that was a healthier alternative than smoking, and he went through a cartridge a day, which according to one study from the National Library of Medicine is about the equivalent of a pack of cigarettes a day. He said he never got the flu shot, and he caught the flu in early April, and his health went downhill super fast. He went to urgent care, told, you got a little bit of pneumonia, here's a pack for you. But the next day, he couldn't move. So back to the ER he goes. Uh, He then woke up in Chicago with new lungs. (laughs) He was in the hospital for quite a while, though. He apparently contracted a virulent strain of Pseudomonas, which is a Mm -hmm. bacteria that causes infections that are becoming more difficult to treat because they're resistant to antibiotics. They had to get really creative with how they were going to deal with with him so they put him on a breathing machine and they took his lungs out of his body i guess and so they came up with some other way for him to breathe and in order to keep his heart pumping they used two double d breast implants oh hey and they used that to basically keep his heart from moving out of its assigned area right because there was nothing blocking it because the lungs were gone They said at one point they were considering withdrawing care because he was so sick. His lungs were completely damaged. They didn't think there was anything else they could possibly do for him, that he was just at the end of the road. So they removed his completely damaged lungs to give his body a chance to fight infection. And they got a crash course in breast implants. They put one on each side to keep his heart structurally stable. I I bet they were a quick study. They drained all of his blood. They recreated a new circulatory system uh, with his heart now stabilized by breast implants. Uh, It continued to pump. They put in artificial lungs, or they had artificial lungs. We're totally demonetized. uh, Breathing him, like I said, breast, and you said (laughs) MJ. And and you said pump. Oh, is that bad? Well, I said it in a The combination of words that we're using today. Oh, man. Thanks, YouTube. They said they had to come up with something very creative. It's the only way they could logically create a solution that may have given this patient a fighting chance, and it actually worked. So eventually, they transplanted new lungs into him. There was a problem with that, too, that somebody else got the lungs that he was supposed to get, and then uh, they ended up coming back to him anyway. Some weird thing happened, but he... Um, healed so well once they took his lungs out and stabilized his heart with breast implants that he they was he was listed for a transplant because at one point he was too sick he wasn't even making the list. Finally, 
he wakes up. He's got new lungs. The breast implants are taken out of his heart. And he's like, glad to be alive in, in this particular case. Yeah. Do you think so he gets he, to keep them? He said, I was essentially saved by double D implants. It was yeah. hilarious. That's a, yeah. car, that's a conversation starter if you put them on the shelf, right? His girlfriend said, I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Um, one more story. Well, I think this is I, a good I can tell you now, just quickly, he's now speaking out against vaping, by the way. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Mm -hmm. But yeah. not speaking out against breast implants. No, never. Uh, this last story, I think this is kind of funny. Oh, a look at that. Tiny, a tiny shop hanging from the side of a steep cliff face has been nicknamed the most inconvenient convenience store in China <laughs> for supplying refreshments to climbers. The wooden shed is 394 feet above the ground in Xinzhai National Geological Park in Hunan uh, province. The shop is said to be unique with its surrounding scenery and for the way it provides sustenance to passing climbers. Workers are reported to replenish stock daily using zip lines, while only one member of staff is inside the store at any one time, according to the Chinese media. The uh, park's general manager said that the journey up the cliff to the store takes about 90 minutes, according to China Daily. Climbers can pick up a free bottle of water inside the box, but posts on social media have said that the outlet would leave them absolutely terrified, adding it position, its position was beyond genius. Uh, one blogger on Chinese social media uh, called it the most inconvenient convenience store in the country, uh, according to CNN. The store is located on a mountain route that is peppered with metal anchors for climbers to fasten themselves to. Um, I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. That's crazy. I wouldn't want to work in there. Like, how secure <laughs> is it? How do you know that thing is going to stay anchored to this cliff face? How I'm do you know that, that there's probably mm. there's probably a weight limit? Well, there's yeah, probably, probably a weight limit, but even so, like. Are you harnessed in? Because right. I'd want to be harnessed into something that wasn't attached to that little thing shut clung onto the side of the rock. Yeah. No, thank you. Oh, it's no. time. It's, it's the end. Come on. Right I don't want it to be time again. It's always well, we time have some to people go. to thank. Huge, huge thank you to Doug and to Wes and to the lady Beatrice, you guys with your contributions and always making us feel like you want us to keep doing this. Thank you so much. And our ongoing, and ongoing contributors, Gretchen yeah. L and Susan yeah. D. So thankful for you. Huge, huge, huge thank you guys. Gordon thank wanted to spending... ask if Jimmy Fallon oh. is also phony. Yes. Oh, <laughs> John a little judgy today. Uh, Thank you guys. The media, follow the media reports and you'll find out that's the truth. Just speaking Thanks the truth Thanks for spending today. your time with us. We'll see you again tomorrow, everybody. Have a great bye afternoon, bye. everybody. Bye-bye.